2: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 693. We are very excited to be performing at San Diego Comic Con this year. Oh my God, there's going to be so much stuff. I'm moderating a bunch of panels, and we're doing two live podcasts at Balboa Theater Saturday night, and I'm doing stand up Friday night, and there'll be some special guests there. And some special guests at the podcast. And then Nerdist is doing a thing, which we'll announce soon. And we're having our own panel. And uh, basically, I'm not going to sleep for like four or five days. But uh, but it's always worth it. Uh, if you want t- tickets to the shows, to the stand-up shows, and to the podcast shows, go to funcomfortabletour.com. Uh, some other stuff happening in the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Uh, the Nerdist School. So if you want to learn uh, sketch Improv, whatever. Come to the Nerdist School. It's located next to our Nerdist showroom, right there at Meltdown Comics. There are two Level One classes currently open, as well as uh, a Level One Musical Improv class for the melodically inclined. Uh, if you've been doing improv for a long time, then you also just cannot. It's it's such a little community that had, it, it just it just it just sprang up. It was just like we planted some seeds and it just sprang up. I'm so proud of the Nerdist School. I'm so proud of it. So go to Nerdist.com/school to get info. Uh, and you're not just taking classes You're becoming a part of the, uh, part of the community And, uh, and we'd, lo- we'd love to have you there uh, Also, two listeners, Kim and Jody are- Made a book called The Little Book of Disorders Kim writes, I use my personal experiences To create a book filled with illustrations And pop culture references That makes disorders easy to understand With the help of a few professionals It offers a way to talk about them with loved ones Find more info at littledisorders.com This episode is Janet Montgomery who is essentially the queen of the witches? Essentially, the queen of the witches. I started watching Salem last year. I love the show. It's super fun. It's we're we're into season two right now. As you may know, Shane West, aka John Alden, was on a couple weeks ago, and he was awesome. And Jenna Montgomery is awesome. And uh, she was also on an episode of Black Mirror that was real good. So uh, Salem is on Sundays at 10 p.m. on WGN. So here's the Nerds Podcast number six ninety three. With the British, Janet Montgomery. Katie, roll the thing!
1: Now entering Nerdist.com.
2: It sounded of dirty when you said it that way. Do you want a little cream in your marangona?
1: You make him say like that. You're like, I you do, I coffee, do. Like...
2: Kyle, unbutton your shirt slowly and then ask me if I want any cream in my coffee.
1: <laughs> and say cream, cream. in your coffee. Cream.
2: Do you want any cream
1: in your coffee?
2: <laughs> I'm Chris. This is Matt. That's Katie. Hi. Um How are you?
1: I'm good. How are I'm you? I'm so
2: excited that you're on because um, the same at the same period we already started recording, by the way. And you can swear, say whatever you want. Oh, good. Um,
1: Fuck you! No,
2: I'm <laughs> kidding. Well
1: done, well done. She's doing it.
2: Hey. The same time at the end of last year that my girlfriend and I started watching Salem, a friend of mine at BBC also sent me the Christmas episode of Black Mirror, which was amazing and also utterly heartbreaking.
1: Thank you so uh, much. At, at the same time, oh, I'm so glad you saw it because a lot of people in America haven't seen it, no. but they're fans of the show because they've seen it on Netflix. So I feel like it was. No one's seen the Christmas special here yet.
2: We've been. Did they put the Christmas special on Netflix yet? No, they I don't haven't. Know. I've been illegally
0: downloading it. Oh, so.
1: smart. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you
2: know, if they're gonna if they're
0: gonna things,
1: I don't make so. residuals on that. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: I fucking download that shit. I'm not gonna. No, watch. we've been extolling
2: we've been extolling the virtues of Black Mirror for for quite a while now. Yeah, and
1: Charlie Brooker is an awesome oh, writer. He's amazing. Yeah.
2: He's absolutely amazing.
1: What was your favorite episode of it?
2: Um, the, well, the Christmas episode I loved. Uh, because it was so sad. And Rafe
1: Rafe Spall, who's in it, is fantastic actor as well. Yes,
2: my favorite episode. I don't know, they're all sort of... I mean, I like the first one.
1: The first one is so shocking. Me too.
0: Just like, out of left field, you're like, you're not sure what you're going to watch because you're watching the first episode. And it left me
1: feeling so uncomfortable for days. (laughs) Like, the whole, like, the the, uh, Prime Minister fucking a pig on t it was like he was in such a conundrum i was like i don't know what i would do either like he's got to save this girl's life but well, i mean he's got i to guess fuck you gotta, a pig gotta fuck to do, pig. do it yes. you just <laughs> gotta man up and fuck the pig,
2: right? <laughs> and how specific the instructions were mm. for how i mean without spoiling too much uh he fucks a pig and then uh <laughs> and then some other stuff happens but but i think the, just the idea that there there's this kind of like dystopian technocracy that's I don't know how else to describe it it's just all part of one world and uh but I also loved the I think the most heartbreaking episode was the one where he's replaying like with, with his mm. uh, that was
1: with Toby Cabell yes yeah. oh my god
2: that one was that one was one of those ones where afterwards you just need a minute mm-hmm. after the episode to just to feel okay yeah. again yeah and, uh, and he
1: rips it out. That's what cigarettes are yes. for, bro. What? That's what cigarettes are for. Smoke. You just go out,
2: smoke a cigarette. You're good. Do you know what's weird is that in my dream, per, in my dreams, yeah, I've been smoking for like two and a half decades. Like good in for my and in, in, in my dreams, I smoke in my dreams. And I'm what like, do you smoke? Cigarettes, just some. cigarettes. Why yeah. have I been doing this for twenty some years? And well, uh, when did you quit? Oh, uh, like twelve years ago. Hmm. Maybe your subconscious hasn't caught up to your conscious maybe it's because i think it's symbolic of something that's more about uh, destructive choices Interesting. and then it's more of like why am i continuing to do things you know like why do i make destructive choices that i know are bad for me i don't think it's really about smoking at all it's too literal. But
1: you only do it in your dreams you feel in real life you're like not destructive at all well i, I think <laughs> you I, I, dream I, of being more destructive
2: <laughs> i think i have destructive tendencies but in general i don't i don't i was destructive when i was young but i don't think i am anymore are you
1: I mean, I'm probably. I I feel like someone who's destructive often can't see it themselves. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask. You should probably ask like my mother or like my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) They would probably describe me as destructive. I just feel like I'm free spirited. Free spirited. (laughs) That's
2: a. That's that's a. (laughs) (laughs) a, That sounds like a younger person's way of describing destructive. (laughs) I'm just. I just like to have fun. You know. I just. I just roll with it.
0: Or an old German swinger. Yeah. I'm just um, a lover, a not a fighter, spirit. you
2: know. You know, he's
1: just a free spirit. I just like
2: to have fun. <laughs> well, you're in Shreveport most of the time. Yeah. Because Shane was on last week mm-hmm. and uh and he was
1: It's his birthday today and I have to say happy birthday, Shane. Happy birthday, Shane.
2: When this goes up, this will not be his birthday, so we hope I'll you will a wonderful next year. Wonderful it doesn't birthday. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> He was super nice. I get the sense that the people that your cast seems super super nice. Super oh, chill. I mean,
1: they're amazing. Everyone, everyone in the cast gets along so well, and I feel like we're all in Shreveport together. Everyone's away from home, so you all do things together more than if you live in New York or LA or London because you have your own lives to go home to. But we're all just like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Should we like, <laughs> Should we go to the one restaurant that we all go to again? And you're my yeah. friend group. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah, we've become sort of like a, a weird Shreveport family.
2: Because I see, uh, uh, I think I saw, I think I saw the guy who plays Cotton Mather at. I went Seth, Seth Seth Gable yeah at the Jurassic World premiere last night but I wasn't his
1: wife was in it so he was there oh yeah, who's his wife Bryce Dallas Howard that's his, his, his wife. wife yeah I had no idea I know how did he get her no,
2: I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i Seth you know I'm kidding <laughs> he's got that he's got that boyish charm yeah it's a, no, he's that
0: amazing, he's just secretly a huge fan of Happy Days just trying to get close just, to just Ron just trying to get closer
2: <laughs> to Ron Howard <laughs> hey does your dad still talk about <laughs> <Henrywood>? <laughs> uh, and I wanted to go up to him and be like I'm really I really love saying him, but i didn't because i don't why compliment someone yeah I, it's not yeah. like yeah
1: we someone. hate to hear that i just hate it when people love us or love our show it's like oh go away like this happens all the time i'm just self-conscious about
0: it because listen he's there it's his wife's big night of course he's gonna want to hear someone like something he does
1: yeah. no but i, I just you I... really should have gone up to him man that's a real faux pas yeah
2: you know i'll tell you why because i play it out in my head and i go well here's how this would go down hey man i'm a really big fan of your show thanks Um, good night. Like, I just feel like it's just sort of an awkward. Yeah, but that's still a fine exchange. No,
1: see, I think I would be more like that because I never know what to say. But Seth would be so great. If you went up and you said, hey, I really like you, your show and love you on it. He would like get into a great conversation with you about it. He's so good at that. He's he should be on this show and not me, to be honest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's interesting is that he's he's married to Bryce Dallas Howard and he seems to be obsessed with redheads on Salem.
1: With Tamsin, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, it goes back to the wrong Who Howard isn't
1: even then. a real redhead, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, she's blonde. But how... It really suits her, she the looks red She like hair. A ginger. I know.
2: It totally Crazy. works. Well, not only her, but then the other... The girl he was seeing in the first season... That, that, ...that gets banished.
1: The whore, yeah. yeah, the, she, Yeah,
2: yeah. She is literally a whore. It's okay to say it's she's okay.
1: a whore. It's okay. That's what she plays. She, she's a whore.
2: She is absolutely a whore in that thing. You, do you? do uh, How did you come to the project? Did you just audition for it? Or had they seen you in something? Or what was the...
1: Uh, I was in London at the time, living in London. And Brannon Braga was in also in London. He's the show creator working on Cosmos. And he organized sort of like a meeting with me to talk to me about the project. And then from there, I... I didn't fly out to la to like test or anything i just did an audition and then about four months later they were like hey you got the job i was like (laughs) oh what job (laughs) yeah i don't know what are you you talking about i feel like it has to go through so many people that it takes forever and you forget about things and i was like working on something else in canada and then it came back around and suddenly i was in 1600 salem but in shreveport
2: (laughs) you know i always feel especially just it's hard not to watch the show and go Oh my God! She had to be in that crazy dress, traipsing through the mud all day. And I'm the- so
1: glad you. I'm so glad you watch <laughs> the show and you think about things like that.
2: I do. Your your costumes are so Mary Sibley's costumes are so intricate. Your wardrobe is so intricate, and but most of the thing you're basically stepping over plague bodies and mud, and uh, it just seems like I wonder if that I wonder if that was fun to shoot that day. Like it it looks it looks like it's a little bit of a.
1: I mean. It's probably not fun if I'm like traipsing through the crags in a massive dress, but there was a a funny moment last year when we were doing episode 13, which was like an intense episode, and I was really tired, it was about two in the morning, and I was doing a scene with um, Isaac, Mm -hmm. who's Ido Goldberg, and I had these long necklaces on, and they got caught on the arm of the chair as I stood up, and so I was like... And I ended up, like, going, like, screaming. And it was awful. I mean, the whole crew just laughed at me. But I got so frustrated because I have so many pieces. I have to be, like, very careful all the time. But then I'm asked to, like, you know, fight with someone or, like, do a spell. I'm like, guys, like, I can't even move right now. Look how much I have on me.
2: Real witches... Probably weren't in completely intricate traipsy uh, like jewelry, right? Right. I mean, you you need your. I mean, arm-
1: maybe they would take it off. You know, maybe they would take it all off first. I always feel like when Mary does her magic, I always like her to be with all of it off. Like I feel like the Mary Sibley that. That Salem Sea and no is like the Puritan Mary Sibley is very grand, yeah, but I think like the Witch Mary is like very earthy, and she wants to just get in her nightgown or get naked and stick a toad in someone's mouth, she's very <laughs> earthy
2: <laughs> you've done a good job, you guys have done a good job of making you side with the witches and making you want to light up all the Puritans, basically. I
1: know, we've been lucky to have some very <laughs> unlikable Puritans, like, especially Jeremy this year. Like You love to hate him, you know, like oh, Jeremy yeah. Crutchley. He's like, um, he plays Hawthorne, and he's just such an asshole that you're like, oh, just kill him, Mary.
2: And la- last him. season was Increase Mather, yeah. who was uh, just a dick. You know, it's funny, I thought Cotton was going to end up being the dick of the series, and then there was a, a, a mega dick being his father, and then you start to like, you start to like Cotton.
1: You start to feel sorry for Cotton. I think that's what's so great about the writing is you feel one way about a character and it can turn on a dime once you see it. I kind of felt like it when I watched The Jinx with Bob Durst because I felt like <laughs> they led all it, led it up to it with like his mom, like watching his mom like kill herself and stuff and you feel sorry for him and then you're like, you have to remember the things he's done but it's like, People are more complicated than that.
2: What'd you do? Shoved a frog in a man's mouth. That's you know, what you did,
1: and I did it for a reason. <laughs> I you had, had to a keep very quiet.
2: You had a very good <laughs> reason. Well, there's, there's also the whole. I mean, you know, the sort of like rampant socially accepted sexism of like well you can't own property if you're a woman and you have your 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 place is tied to the husband so of course you would have to of course you would have to do that Yeah,
1: and as a woman in this age even just hearing a man say that knowing it's acting like my blood boils of course so it's it's kind of easy actually to play mary because she's sort of like how i would feel
2: yeah Uh, oh thank you very much kyle
1: Thank you, Kyle.
2: I would love to find out what the something that I'm I'm never 100 percent clear on is what the rules of the of the magic is what the rules are within the world because sometimes it just seems like oh why don't you just like why don't you just like light that guy up with fire like you're a witch why don't you just like that you know
1: yeah sometimes I find out I have powers that I didn't even know know I had and I'm like hey guys did. I don't know I could do this. Why didn't I just do that in the last episode? Like, that would have made things easier. I feel like the magic, you know, they keep it very grounded. But then there are things like with the with the fire that was coming out, which came from like the Mary's progressing magically. So I think you, we have to accept that her powers are going to get stronger with like the Grand Rite being nearly complete. Right. Complete now. Right. Is it? Yeah, it's complete. It's I'm two 10.
2: episodes into the next season. Uh, yeah. Which, because I'm I'm behind on everything, but I'm two episodes. Well, it's just in the not next good season. enough, Chris. So, it's not.
0: <laughs> so, I'm you're kidding. Right. Flog, flog, flog. I'm fog. kidding.
2: But I have seen the introduction of Lucy Lawless. Yes. As uh, as another, uh, without giving too much away, as another uh, force of nature to contend with. It seems. I mean, there. Be, it's obvious that there's all this. There seems to be this chess game of witchcraft that's happening right now Mm -hmm. in and around Salem, and there's a lot of different pieces sort of moving
1: yeah this is like the season of the witch war is what they called it and i think that there's these you go throughout the season and mary definitely doesn't see all the threats that are around her and who you think the witch war might be with like mercy or it might be with Anne. you don't know where the threat's coming from and i think that's pretty exciting
2: do are we supposed to like mary do you think
1: Honestly, I, I mean, I like her, but I sort of have to because I right. play her. I feel like I feel like sometimes you like her, and sometimes you think, "What the hell are you doing?" Right. I feel like she's one of those. Char- she's a she's a really well written character because you you don't know how you feel about her, but you can't help but sympathize with her. It's like she's a, she's a survivor, right? And she's scrambled her way to where she is, and. She just keeps surviving. I think you can't help but admire that in someone.
2: So when you said you were, they found you in London. What, where, where did you come from? What did you, what did you do? Like, what was your, what was your path?
1: Oh gosh.
2: Start um, from the beginning, day zero.
1: Okay. Well, I was born um, to uh, my mother uh, Anne. She she had me, and I had an older sister. I grew up in Bournemouth. Then when I was sixteen, I went a little crazy. I was like, "I'm moving out, Free spirit. I'm leaving school." <laughs> so I did that. I did those things, um, but I I'll always danced. So I got a scholarship to a ballet school in London, and um, my parents didn't want me to go. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to go." And then I paid for I paid for my living. I lived in London, paid for like my living and stuff. I worked at Pizza Hut for three years. Nice,
2: whoop, whoop.
1: You, Pizza Hut. Were Hub. you
2: dancing pizzas to people's homes?
1: I was not, but okay. I just did a lot of children's parties there. It's a little different in England. There's a little bit more of a restaurant in England.
2: Oh, oh, like. you did children's parties. Oh, uh, okay. Pizza Hut,
1: for, like for like three years.
2: Pizza Hut hires dancers in England.
1: No, I was a waitress, but like oh. I would just be like, they just hire like fun people, you know? Like, gotcha. They like actors and <laughs> gotcha. And dancers and people that just don't work a lot. Oh, like, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I
0: did notice that about Pizza Hut when I was in London. Was like that looks nothing like Pizza Hut back home.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fancier in England, <laughs> yeah, right? It is. Yeah, Pizza Hut here is just feels like kind of like you just grab a pizza, yeah. but in London it's like come to the salad bar and sit down.
0: I also was like thrilled with the subway having three pound footlongs. <laughs> instead of $5. I was like, conversions, okay, I'm into it. <laughs> so
2: you worked at Pizza for a couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm. As I was going, and I went, and I graduated dance school and then when I left, I was like, oh, I don't really know if, if I'm going to be a dancer or that's what I want to do. And then I uh, started working in theater Doing like musical kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. then I produced a play, and that I was in with a guy called and Anthony. He was in the first few seasons of um, Game of Thrones. He's a okay. great actor, and I got an agent. And then I worked a little bit in England, and then came out to America. Just like I was like, I'm just going to go out there and see what it's like. And then I didn't really seem to leave. Like I moved back to England, but I I work more over here. It just sort of suits me,
2: I guess. I mean, it does. It does seem like England has a. Sm- if you can start working in the in the machine. In England, it just feels like it's it's like that you see the same people appear and stuff over yes. and over and over and over. Yeah, it's over a tight
1: knit network. Whereas I, it's one of the things that I do like about America is that they see everyone and they give everyone a chance. Whereas in England, they're like, we see like three people and we don't want to give everyone a chance. It is it's more of like, it's a different culture. And I love that, like, every, you know, anyone can go, I'm going to move to L.A. And they can kind of get a chance to go to an audition and stuff. Whereas right. in England, you just can't in mm. the same way. Does
2: Salem air in England?
1: Not yet, no. Really? But it does in, like, Germany. And when I was in Paris last year, like, there was a guy that was like, I'm such a big fan of the show. And I was like, it's so weird that I'm in Paris and this guy watches Salem. Because in England, no, like, it's not on.
2: And do you think it's uh, – wh- like, where Where do you think you- – or do you just want to work wherever you find jobs that you like? Or do you think, like, I'll be really cool to work a ton in America or I'll be kind of cool to go back home and be in a bunch of stuff there?
1: Well, like, right now it's just me and my dog. So, definitely, like, I <laughs> – I I like to work. I mean, I have, like, my friends and everything. But in London, it's always nice to work there because I've got, like, some good friends there and I'm closer to my family. Mm -hmm. In L.A., it's nice because I've got friends here since I moved here when I was, like, 23. New York, I love. But, like, I kind of just choose it from the scripts, I guess. Yeah. You know, and the parts. I don't... I'll go anywhere. Like, I'll try it out once, you know. Like, I was like, Shreveport? I've never been. I guess I'll go. Mm. Why not?
2: And (laughs) what do you do in the... I assume you're waiting to find out if. Do you know if there's going to be a season three yet? No,
1: I've not been tired. I don't know. Do you? No. <laughs> well, then no. I'll make a call. I don't know. I don't know.
2: So, <gasps> are you basically? Do you have to wait until you find out, or can you audition for other stuff, or are there other things you're working on? Or?
1: Well, like I do. I do audition for other stuff. Like in because we we work like six months and I get six months off. Mm-hmm. I tend to do other like I did Black Mirror right. last year and I did a movie with um Jason Biggs. Uh, which hopefully will go to Toronto, they're hoping. It's like a comedy movie. But this year, like, I'm just reading scripts. I've been to a few auditions... I wasn't very good in them. It takes me a while to get back into the whole auditioning thing again. <laughs> Why I'm do you like, think you weren't good in the auditions? Because I'm still Mary Sibley right now, a little bit. And I'm like, right. oh, you want you want uh, a light bubbly girl from, from New York? I uh, don't know if I've got that in me right now. I feel like I'm still just Mary Sibley. It'll take me like a month to probably shake I her. I will
2: tear you asunder. Yeah. No, um, this girl's fun. She's supposed to be fun.
1: <laughs> and I'm like crying. <laughs> to my face. I'm like, oh, I understand. I get it. Yeah, fun. I had to
2: sacrifice my baby in a forest. No, Oh, I think you're bringing some other things to this <laughs> oh, <God>. that you. <laughs> I mean, it do you ever think about overall the type of like the direction that you want to go in or do you sort of work job to job? I mean, do you have a do you have a grand plan? What do you see?
1: You know, it's it's an interesting question because I think I flip between I I don't really know because I think I've learned on the job a lot, you know, like I've kind of progressed in my career and as you go on I'm learning the things that I don't want to do and the things that I am attracted to. Like I'm I'm definitely attracted to like good writing, but it's it's hard to find actually. Sure. And it's a it's a challenge as an actor to to put your trust in like new writers or like new directors. I do like working in television because I like watching a character grow and I I like the community and like feeling like I have a stable job Um, and I I watch more television than I do movies now as well like I there's so few movies that I want to go see often they're like old ones I watch old movies sure so yeah but television's different I'm loving so much television now
2: film also moves glacially I mean yeah like
1: you film it like two years ago and you're like oh now I'm promoting it like who can remember what they were doing two years ago not
2: me (laughs) What was your motivation? I don't know.
1: Stop asking me questions. <laughs> I barely
2: remember that I did this. <laughs> I wonder if you are, uh, if you're a free spirit, can you have a grand plan, or do you feel like, do you feel like that having the structure of a television schedule has sort of made you made you more of a regimented individual?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, it well maybe it is good for me in some ways. I think I just. I've started to see that unabashedly I like making money and I like working. When I'm not working, I sort of feel like an empty vessel. Right. And maybe that's because I like, I'm like i not like married with kids or anything. But I sort of feel a bit kind of empty, like I'm not doing anything in the world. But whereas when I'm creating something or working on something, even if I'm like, well, I kind of wish it was a fincher movie or whatever i can still feel like i'm doing something and it makes me feel like i have a purpose
2: by the way i still think even if you had yeah, if you even like if you're married one with way. kids you could still feel empty you know what i mean oh like, yeah
1: i'm sure you, yeah <laughs> you,
2: I, I think um it, particularly in this business it's it's so there's so much um having to deal with idle like what you know when you when you're when your mind is active but you don't have an outlet for it particularly acting it's not like you can go I'm just going to swing by the acting gym and uh, do some acting squat. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just go do the thing that you do until someone says, okay, now you can do the thing that you do.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I started working with this great acting coach, uh, Martin Ledwith, like two years ago, and he's with me out in Shreveport and works with me, and he also works with a cu- couple of the other cast members, but mainly with me. And he changed like my whole process of acting in such a way that, I really enjoy the work. Like the work is so gratifying. like going through the scripts, like doing my kind of like breakdown of the characters and each script. And I, I'm like, I'm a nightmare for writers. Cause I notice like, so I, any mistake, like I'm on it, <laughs> but that's all part of it for me. And I think that makes me feel like I'm not just rocking up like, well, it might work. It might not. Like I, I like to prep and like have some technique. Right. when I'm going to do things.
2: The downtime is the worst because, um, I feel like that's when, uh, that's when people do the worst thing that they do, which is to take stock of the rest of their life. It's like, no, if you're already, if you're already in a depleted state, don't start taking on all the big ticket items at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the, that's the dangerous spiral that mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So in the it, it, do you do you experience that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've just got to LA, and I'm like, okay, shall I buy a place in LA? Like, I've just got here, and I'm like looking at places to buy, but I'm also looking at rentals. But it's like I have to figure out my. I instantly think I have to figure out real life stuff now. Like, where am I gonna live? You know, <laughs> it all becomes very overwhelming when you've been in a bubble playing a character, just like every decision's kind of decided for you. You're like, what time am I going to work tomorrow? 5.30, okay. Right. You, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm stuck here until the end of May before I can figure out real yeah. life stuff. But do I'm sure you, I can just get another job and, have, and then I won't have to deal with my own life again. <laughs> That's my real plan. And like, just please, like, let me do something else and then I don't have to deal with my own life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that the, uh, the Janet Montgomery uh, autobiography, putting off my life?
1: yes i think that's definitely for <laughs> the last three years yes i
2: don't think there's anything wrong with that it is by the way i think it's a good time to buy it's a decent time to buy a house
1: i i hear that but it's so expensive it's an expensive time to buy yeah. a house right well,
2: here it's an expensive time to buy a house here it's also a little tricky because um uh, my mom's a real estate agent so i hear about this stuff all the time um but and i bought a house a couple years ago but it but you have a lot because the market's recovered. And so you have a lot of foreign investors coming in and literally just paying cash for shit. And you can't...
1: You can't compete with you that. You can't compete with that. Yeah.
2: So it, it it is a little tricky. But if you can find a place, it's a it's it's good because the rates are continuing to go up. And you can always rent it if you go away somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, that was my issue is like, I think I've been living like a gypsy because I've known... I go to Shreveport, I carry like five suitcases and I've got like a couple of boxes of stuff with me. Um, but I don't really have like a home at the moment like I just like I go. I know I go to Shreveport six months out of the year and the rest of the time I'm like I'll go to LA for a few months and maybe I'll go to New York go back to London but I kind of need a place for my shit now you know (laughs) I'm like even if I'm going to go away and like waste money when I go back to Shreveport I, I think it's time like I'm 29 years old I should probably like think about maybe Having a real home.
2: Have you acquired a bunch of shit yet or are you still... Is it because you haven't been able to plant any roots, you don't have a I just don't
1: really care about shit for longer than like a month. Mm-hmm. So like I'll love something and then I'll be like, I can easily throw things away. Like if someone went and stole my three suitcases right now, I'd be like, oh, thank God. Because then I just have <laughs> to like... Em- I don't have to empty them. Like, I just have to buy new stuff.
2: <laughs> I, j- I just went through the... Pro- I, I moved into a house. I spent a couple of years remodeling a house and I moved into it mid last year and I had nothing... I had a mattress, and, like, I bought two bean bags to sleep on. And then I... And well, then hang I spent, on. He, had, he also had an Xbox. I had, I had an Xbox. Obviously. And, <laughs> and a TV. Okay. I had an Xbox that connected to the TV. And, uh, and I spent seven or eight months, and I'm just kind of now finishing amassing all of the stuff that makes up the house and it's really fun. the getting the stuff is really fun
1: is it fun or is it like annoying no. are you like looking at different spoons in bed bath and beyond like how do I choose which one because that's me I'm like I can't choose a rug it takes me like four years because I'm like I don't want to commit to it in case it's not the right color. Like, okay
2: oh, this is very interesting this is very interesting I feel like I'm starting to see a little bit of the matrix code behind this is like Jana therapy Montgomery. isn't it
1: kind of this, I feel like I'm sat with my therapist right now kind
2: of listen I'm not and anytime you you can, tell me, you can tell me to go fuck myself and I, I will completely, I, I, I will comply. Maybe not literally. Well, not now.
1: <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I don't know if you would. Makes
2: so, uh, uh, one of us. <laughs>
1: but so far,
2: so far, uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, you, you use the word gypsy, so you kind of lead this nomadic lifestyle and you're like, well, I don't want to, like kids and man, I don't want to be tied down and I just kind of like... It's other people saying to show up and then you say like I don't about the commitment of buying spoons. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think that is? Like, what do you what do you think that mechanism is?
1: I guess I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
2: to analogous. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. No, I'm curious.
2: You know, like and believe me, if this gets too, if I'm prying too much, I, I, I'm not. But I'm just so interested to hear because I'm a you know, I am a dude, but I don't feel like I think that way.
1: You know what it is then? I think it's interesting you asked what I want for my career in the future. I'm still sort of deciding, I think, and uh, and how, you know, where I've come from, that it means that there's so much. And now I have so many options almost that it's like I can't commit to anything because I'm figuring out exactly what will make me happy. Because I feel like the next sort of step will be like the one that I'd like settle in, hopefully.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a... I think in a way, that's a, there, there's almost a myth, a mythology to that where people go like, because, uh, you know, I, I, I have a house and I've owned a couple places. But then when I meet people who haven't bought a house yet, they're like, I just don't know if I can commit to the next 30 years. And I go, yeah, but you could sell it. You know, like it's yeah. not... It's not the. I don't think it's necessarily the the permanent. It's like a the, four and a half five year commitment.
1: <laughs> but I mean, can I? But it's quite stressful. Like the whole process of like buying a house and then like having a mortgage. Like I I have a mortgage in England on a flat that I bought in London. I still don't understand the mortgage, and I I never will. And I'm just like, oh, it's so stressful. But is yours like a is weird because the
2: Queen owns it, and you got to rent it from her, and he, it's not oh, the same. So
1: it's so stressful. Yeah. Is it what? much easier here?
2: Yeah. You don't I don't am I am I correct about this do you can are you you don't necess, you don't literally own the property in 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 part in in London like you the queen like the the queen owns the property and you like rent it from the
1: Well, there's certain – I think there are certain parts of London like that. And I'm not sure who – mine's owned by, like, the council, but I lease it from, like, the London council. Right. So I have, like, a hundred-year lease on my place. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) So if I last a hundred years, then – otherwise, I guess you just pass it down or – Right. But then after a hundred years, they're like, we're taking it back now.
2: Yeah. There's something (laughs) weird where you don't – yeah. There's something – because I I had a friend whose family had a – they're like, oh, you know, he bought a place in – he bought a flat in London. I mean, you know, and then made the joke like, "I mean, he's leasing it for a hundred years." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, well, you have to lease it. Yeah, but from who the cares?
1: Ground. Do you plan on living more than a hundred years? And then you think, "Oh, dude, yes. You don't want spoiled kids that are just like inheriting stuff from you. It's good. <laughs> it's like you know what? This is for a hundred years in case I lived a really long time. But you ain't getting none of it. Yeah,
2: if I ever have kids someday, and then like right as I'm dying, I'm gonna be like, "I sold
1: everything." <laughs> and then what
2: are you gonna do about it? <laughs> but the uh, there there is there is. Um, it's it's almost like I feel like people say they want options, but I feel like so. a lot of times people really don't want options because the the the, the there's stress, you know. There's a, there's they're diminishing returns when sort of like what you said, like well, which spoon is better? I don't know. This one has merits and this one has merits, and I don't I don't. I mean, it's, you're almost you almost become inactive because because of choice.
1: And I think that's why maybe I love to work so much because it limits my choice. It's like well, I can't because I have to go to work and I, I have to move here to do this, or and I. For me, I think of just the way my life is set up right now is when I'm not working, I can really do whatever I want. Like I could just go, go away traveling for a month. I don't know. I just sit on Facebook. So <laughs> I'm like, I can do whatever I want and I choose to do nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you
2: why picking stuff is fun. I thought it was going to be stressful too. And then I discovered that I have a very – with each piece that I would buy, I discovered that I have a very specific thing that I like. And I didn't know that about, I didn't really know that about myself before. So there is like a weird piece of self-discovery because you're seeing, you're seeing your, in a way, your desires and pieces of your psyche manifested in the real world by the objects that you surround yourself with.
1: Okay, so do you, are you like a comfort guy or are you like, is there some sort of like Danish modern thing you like? What is your thing? I, you're disco-
2: like- I discovered my thing and it has, and I, I came up with a name for it. What is it? uh my, cheap my, and
1: cheerful no not at all
2: <laughs> the opposite it's literally the opposite oh is it my design aesthetic is uh, uh victorian gentleman serial killer
0: Ooh. my house
2: is full of 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 antique like really old stuff and taxidermy and old science equipment and all sorts of weird shit like that, that sounds
1: like brandon braga's uh house as well who created the show he and it's he has like red velvet curtains as well which i'm like well this is very like Antiquey, yeah. like gentlemany, like yes, red a guy like with red velvet curtains. You're like, this guy means business. business. Or he's Dracula.
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> he might be Dracula. <laughs> have you seen him in the daylight?
1: I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, daywalker. He's a daywalker.
2: <laughs> but uh, I just went to I just uh, went to Austria and bought uh, there, there's great. There's antique. There's legitimate antiques there. I feel like all of our. Antiques, and did you ship them? I did. I bought a. I bought a. Um, I bought a wardrobe with this from like seventeen fifty. It had this like hand painted panels on it and it's unbelievable.
1: But, but was it expensive to ship?
2: Yes. I mean it was probably like um well, I don't know. I mean it was like a thousand dollars to ship it. So I mean expensive, yes. Yeah. But considering the size of it, yeah. I sort of felt like I just sort of in my brain I was like, Well that's just part of the purchase Plus- price. If that was for sale over here, it would be twice. It would be, twi- so it would be twice yeah. if yeah. it were here. It would be twice what it was over yeah. there. So when when you're on the road or when you're you know when you're here in LA and you're traveling around, you said you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Is he your home base? Like, is he your little piece of home that yes. makes you feel home wherever you are?
1: Yeah, I mean, last I didn't take him to Shreveport the first season because. I didn't really know if it was going to be too hot in Louisiana for him. And he's like an English bulldog. And it was all quite sudden that I was suddenly like moving to Shreveport. So I left him with my uh, stepdad in England. And that's the longest, that was five months away from him. And that's the longest I've been away from him since he was three months. And I hate it. Like, I love having him with me.
2: Can you just plop him back and forth between England now? Or do you have to quarantine him? Yeah,
1: no, no, I can. He comes back and forth with me because they changed the law in 2013. And now if you're from like Canada, America, I think maybe Australia as well, then you can, take, you can take your dog to a vet and get them checked for rabies, an oh, accredited cool. vet, and then just get a stamp. And then when you come out there, as long as they're like an accredited vet, they know they don't have rabies in certain approved countries. Do you,
2: do you travel? Like free dog agreement. <laughs> <laughs> do you travel with him? Uh, does he just sit up in the front in the plane with you? Yeah,
1: he sits between my legs, like on the plane. I mean, he's massive. He's like 55 pounds. Oh, Jesus. Really? So yeah, I, I don't get to do the whole like carry my dog in a bag thing or anything like that. But it's hard in airports with him because I have to like carry him on a lead through the airport. And everyone's like, oh, and I'm like service dog. <laughs> it's for my anxiety don't make me anxious <laughs> please
2: i think you should i think you should dress like mary sibley and then just lead the dog on i want him on the
1: show are you kidding i keep asking them but i don't think there's i mean i would like him to be my new familiar the
2: frog is the your familiar right yeah yeah
1: now you just have a big bulldog instead <laughs> i
2: think you could just i think you could have a bulldog why not you could turn
1: the, the you're a witch
2: you could turn the frog into a bulldog
1: I'm there's, gonna get on it. There's
2: no reason that couldn't happen. It's a, if 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 Brandon ever says like, well, why would go witchcraft? I'm a fucking witch. Make it happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> Mary's a you know like she's a she's a free spirited lady. She wants some one day she'll want a frog. The next day she wants an English bulldog to shut down someone's throat. <laughs> 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 well, I think that's uh. I, I flew back from where was I? D.C. I was just in D.C. and there was a couple across the aisle from me that had their cat with them. And the reason I knew they had a cat was because right as we were about to take off, there was this. No one knew they had a cat under their seat, and all of a sudden there was a chilling. You know that when a cat's really upset, the cat for the a third of the flight, and it it was more off putting than a baby because the animal sounded evil and distressed, Mm. and there wasn't. There's nothing you can. There's nothing you can do about
1: it. Yeah. No. I. I, i'm quite lucky with my dog because he doesn't i mean he he farts a lot on the plane but you can't <laughs> smell it as bad in the plane so i'm like i hope that person next to me doesn't and he slobbers and drools and pants a lot but once they start the engines you can't hear it so was, i'm like
2: yes was you saying that a slide justification t- so that you could blame-, so I could
1: blame on my dog yes yeah. Yeah. that's why i got an english bulldog so i was like i gotta get something that's believable <laughs> that he farts all the time
2: <laughs> there are i've had a number of secret farters on planes lately where you just
1: but you can't. Really, I feel like I wouldn't know if someone farted next to me on a plane. You can. It's bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple that are bad, and and you think it's the flight attendants? It's. I don't think it's a. Fl- <laughs> no, they're not crop dusting up and down the aisle. I just think it's. Uh, <laughs> that made you giggle, Katie. Uh, I. <laughs> it's very hard to crack her. So, it is. <laughs> um. But I. But trying to figure out, like I was, I was kind of doing this. Uh, this personality math in my head with everyone in the vicinity and trying to figure out who might be the culpable uh, person who was who was doing it.
1: But how? But they would have to be in quite a close proximity, no?
2: Yeah, but it could be it could be two, people, two in people in front here, and there's yeah. five people. It could be.
1: Who did you end up choosing? Like, what were what were, male or female?
2: It was a. I think it was an. I think it was an older male mm-hmm. sitting in front of me. Yeah, um, but. Also, if you're a younger female, it's the perfect crime because everyone's going to think it's the older dude, of course, yeah, or the bulldog,
1: yeah. But oh, (laughs) awkward. Well, obviously, wasn't me.
2: (laughs) He's flying makes him very nervous. How? What's his name?
1: Guthrie. Guthrie. Yeah,
2: that's a good dog name. That is a that's a great dog name. I like that. Did you live in New York with him?
1: Yeah, yeah. I did a show in New York, and we lived there for six months.
2: I always feel like owning a dog in New York is trickier because it it just feels like it doesn't i'm sure people who have dogs in new york would disagree but it doesn't feel like a dog-friendly town when everything is a concrete city block
1: i mean la is the most dog-friendly place i've ever been and it's like a perfect place to have a dog shreveport wasn't great because you they, you can't let them off in parks like there's no dog there's not one dog park in the whole of shreveport so you have to always keep them on a lead mm-hmm. except for when i take him to set and then he just right. wanders around but um yeah like new york there are dog parks but you, it's not as easy to get around. Like you don't, no one really drives in New York. You get in cabs, and you've got to get someone who's going to take you and your slobbery dog, or you've got to live near one of like the four dog parks.
2: And do you is he going to have? Are you going to get him a, a buddy?
1: I'm, I don't think I could get away with having two service dogs for anxiety on a plane. <laughs> to be honest, I'm very. Anxious. I mean, I already, I already feel like it's tough with like my massive bulldog, and people look at me like. Yeah, right. We all
0: know. We all know. <laughs> I that know. That that's not your service doc.
1: Well, he <laughs> is. He is. He services me, like, with my anxiety.
2: <laughs> um, Are you an anxious flyer? I know this is a
1: popular show. My doctor's going to, like, if, next time I go to American Airlines, they're going to be like, good luck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard you on a podcast, and th- this is this, this is bullshit. Dog,
1: yeah, yeah, and they completely <laughs> call me out. Also, stop farting on planes.
2: <laughs> what, uh, what was it that made you, I mean, did you adopt him or did you was it like i want to find a bulldog how did you guys
1: i i adopted him yeah there was a, a friend of mine um ended up not being he he got this puppy and it was he was like two months old and he he ended up going to a rehab uh-huh so he asked me to rehome the dog for him and i was like i can't i can't have a dog like i would never make that kind of commitment i'm like oh a dog gotta find a new home for this dog I thought
0: rug choosing was bad.
1: I was like, why are you barking at me all the time? Just chill out. What, what, what? It was always an issue. Um, But then I, after like two weeks, I just fell in love with him. And like, I'm so glad I did. Because it's nice having that responsibility. Like, I like wanting to get home to my dog.
2: So it is, it's possible that things in life that we might normally be afraid of, we just adjust to.
1: Yes. I think most people are afraid of change in any way or like sort of sacrificing their freedom. Um, but then sometimes it works, you know? I, I love having a dog. and, I, and I, A boyfriend and I, not so much, but a dog sure. is great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, 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 relationships are tricky. Mm. Relationships are tricky, especially if you are a performer who travels a lot. Mm. Because, you know, the, the, the craziest thing about being a performer is that other performers... People who aren't performers, it can be challenging because they don't understand. They don't really understand what you exactly what you do, and that you keep weird hours, and that you have to travel a lot. But then people who are performers,
1: you know, we're a kooky bunch. Yeah, and everyone's got some wacky baggage. Nah, and then perfect. if you go with another performer, it's like, when are you ever going to see each other? Right. Like if you're always like traveling, it's like.
2: Unless you're both London actors, and then you're just in yeah, the, same you the, the same. And you the Constantly. same. You do all every ridiculous upstairs downstairs. Oh, you're to, on Downton Abbey yeah. this week. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: and well. every Jane Eyre adaptation that's on the BBC. <laughs> I'm solving a
2: murder with a priest. <laughs> <laughs> i'm on broad church i'm doing doctor who
1: yeah, yeah everyone's got to do doctor who i haven't done it you haven't done it yet no, never done it but i have worked with david tennant who was like the doctor who for a long time and he's lovely and i was like i really want to do that show
2: yeah i'm wearing just because my... you have to Tartist shirt yeah a i mean it's a... is it
1: from like when's that is that like a like a 70s shirt i nah, love it no
2: nah, someone just mashed up the nasa logo with the Tardis but it, it
1: looks like you've got like a vintage t-shirt on yeah i know it's cool.
2: it's, it's deceptive well it's also been washed a shit ton you've had i've shirt worn for a it a while. lot yeah yeah, it's good
1: this, that you do your own washing. You know that like you wash your shirts. Well, we
2: didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> a person comes in. Was, I have very long days, Matt. I get it. I'm not I'm complaining. Most weekends, someone does my laundry, and I have the shortest
0: days. <laughs> <laughs> who
1: does your laundry?
0: The the lovely lady who cleans my house.
1: But does she come once a week? Yeah. So that means you only do laundry once a week.
0: Oh, I've gone, uh, before I used to go 30 days or so without doing laundry. How do you do that? I have that many clothes.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got to keep buying new clothes, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> or new underwear, at there's, least. No,
0: there's been plenty of times. Have you done the where thing I've...
1: where you turn your underwear inside out? Because you're no, like, no, well, no. I just, I've got to do it. I've, no, when I was younger, Target.
2: of course. I have before.
1: No. I mean, you've had, sometimes you're like, you didn't pack enough knickers or whatever, and you're like, it's got to be done.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well that when I was younger I would do that now I would just go buy I would just go buy new underwear and just
1: All right well maybe we don't all make as much money as you Chris
2: <laughs> True
1: <laughs> Well the, underwear is expensive The
2: people that I pay to place me into my underwear <laughs> place me <laughs> to place
1: me into it <laughs> You should never your underwear
2: should never have the new creases in them cuz you just bought it at the store and put it directly on your body like, I always kind of wonder like well, I hope this was on, not on another person uh, before I put this on. Let's, let's roll the dice and see, uh, see how we do. But it, uh, yeah, I, you know, when when I wasn't so busy, I actually kind of liked doing laundry because there's something very, ther- the, the folding is very therapeutic.
1: It's the only, like, chore I actually like to do is laundry. I, I, I don't like washing up. I, I'm vacuuming. I'm rubbish at, like, I'm rubbish at all those <laughs> things. But, like, laundry I kind of like doing. I like putting it in and getting it out. It's all clean, hanging it out, or, like, I
0: like dishes, Sorting I like doing, doing dishes. You like doing dishes? Yeah.
1: But like sticking them in a dishwasher or no, like doing them? I like doing them. Oh, I don't.
0: Especially if there's a ton of them.
1: Do you I'll wear I'll marigolds, like, like gloves? No, no,
0: my fiance does, but I don't care for my hands that much. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was doing the dishes and uh, I went to grab a fucking mason jar that was on the side of the sink that was falling in and I grabbed it a split second too late and sliced my finger open
2: oh buddy. Yeah. I See,
0: know. it can
1: be that's dangerous. Like, that's why I don't wash up. You my know? guitar
2: hands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you wash up, you're gonna get critically injured. I just,
1: I just can't risk it. <laughs> my hands are very important for the show. Yeah, I get it. I
2: get Talking it. Talking
1: of that, look at look at this here. So I got stung by this crazy caterpillar in what Louisiana. The fuck? This is over Ooh. a month ago, but it's still healing. Um and I we had to like send me to the hospital, but I I've put my hand on a tree in a, a scene. Killer. So I was like, and then I was like, I tried to carry on with the scene, but my hand was like on fire. Like I'd stuck it on like a hot skillet, and it was this um, this crazy caterpillar that they have in Louisiana that has these like poisonous venom like spikes all over it to protect itself. And I had like an allergic reaction to it and stuff, but it's still healing.
2: And wow. no one would warn you. While, okay, if you're going to shoot in Shreveport, uh, don't touch the spiny caterpillar. Well,
1: everyone's too worried about the snakes, so oh, of we're, none of us are worried about. We didn't realize how bad these caterpillars were. So I was like, so I felt kind of embarrassed. I was like, hey, I feel kind of embarrassed that I'm going because I got stung by a caterpillar. But then apparently one of the grips, and they're like the toughest guys on sets, mm. cried when he got stung by one like two days before and went to hospital. So I was like, oh, I'm all right then. I didn't cry. It wasn't
2: obviously. like this little wiener over here. Was like, they're crying. <laughs> oh, I'll cry all the time. I don't care.
1: <laughs> cry right now. <laughs> do it. Uh,
2: no, don't do it. I don't want to. No, please. It's like watching your uncle cry. It's weird. <laughs> It's Yo, really your dad, and I <laughs> Oh, my dad was my dad was a crier. Like my dad, my dad, any anything in a movie or television show that was even of moderate emotional gravity, and not, and not even that. I mean, you know, he, he, you would just all of a sudden hear, <laughs> like <laughs> he, he was very vocal, he was very vocal about it. It'd like, be devastating. Nah, no, not. I mean, I guess it depends. Yeah, I mean it's
1: well. When was the last time you cried? I don't remember.
2: It hasn't been this year, Um, but I I don't even know either. This was probably—I don't know. I guess it was. I guess it probably after my last breakup.
1: That is nuts to me that you haven't cried this year.
2: I don't think I have. I don't think I I have. I I mean,
1: I cry at least a couple of times a week. Sometimes just when a song comes on the radio that I like.
2: You know, I think that would be great because that's very cathartic.
1: Yeah, it's good to have a good cry.
0: Oh, I cried the other day. I was slicing onions for a long period of time. Yeah, that counts. That doesn't does it count? I don't yeah. think it does count. No, it counts because like just like I had a knife in my hand and I was just, like, the water was just coming down my face, and then the doorbell rang and it was the delivery guy trying to, and he's like, "I'm, I'm sorry, I, we need a signature," and I'm just like. Just one <laughs> <basis. A signature. laughs> I just I
2: can't sign for this. Do, do like Those are my mother's someone? ashes. <laughs> 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 <That's
0: right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was probably, you know, maybe, maybe there, I'm sure, you know, there must have been something this year at some point that I watched that unlocked, you know, there was an episode of, there was an episode of Game of Thrones that almost undid me. From, la- from this past season, mm. which I just watched about a month ago. Not, not the current season, but the previous season. That, and, it, and it wasn't that it was sad, Joffrey. it was just, it was, so, what? Joffrey died. Yeah, I was <laughs> really so got sorry to see really you got go. You. <laughs> no, well, do, you watch the, do you watch it? No, I don't. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> Alright, well then it's not going to make any <laughs> but sense. But people
1: are obsessed with it. When people start talking about it, I don't watch it, but I'm like, I'm very respectful. It's like, to me, yeah, it's like sure. some kind of religion. I'm like, oh, I get it. You're really into that show. People yeah. are like, they take it very seriously like they have game of thrones knights and it's yeah. like it's what do you deal. watch um i i like orange is the new black uh-huh. mm-hmm. get, uh i like um house of cards i love breaking bad just um, whatever you
0: can get on netflix essentially is what you watch. basically yeah.
1: um the comeback was like my favorite show uh, was all so through good. like the big, yeah it was so, so good so good and i watched both seasons back to back uh-huh. though and you're like it's crazy that they were shot like how long was there between them? It was like 10 seven, years. Six. 10 years. Oh, wow. That, wow. Yeah,
2: the, the original comeback was in 2004, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love Silicon Valley. My Amazing. friend TJ's
1: on. Um, How do you know TJ? We did a movie together. What did you do with TJ? We did Our Idiot Brother with uh, Paul Rudd. Right. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, love I, TJ He's one of my favorite I mean he's, he's crazy yes. yeah, He just won an award as well he's He won such, the. He's so award. funny yeah. and I try and see his stand-up as well Because I just I kind of love stand-up But I'm I could never do it But I like get really scared for them You know you what get I mean? You scared like, for them I That's do because fantastic. it's like the, oh, you, You've got to make people laugh And if you don't you, I couldn't think of anything worse Than being stood there Like I can't deliver a joke uh, mm. Either Like I'm terrible Like if, even if someone Would give me good material it, My delivery would be crap but he's so good at it, and he like feeds off it. I just enjoy watching it. Yeah,
2: he's he's a, TJ's a button pusher.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: He loves to, he loves to fuck with people. Oh yeah. Uh, and also, such a sweet guy. I mean, we all we're all part of the same. Sh- TJ was a Chicago comic that came over, but we're all in the same and now you know it's just fun to watch your friends start to like oh everyone's starting to realize that you're funny you know yeah
1: exactly and you you see cuz i've known him now for when i lived out here i was i guess 24 25 so i've known him for like 5 years and it's nice cuz we've all, even when i was living back in england we've stayed in contact and like when he got silicon valley and just like kind of seeing it all happen he sold a show to hbo as well like that he's producing he's just one of those people that i'm like he believes in himself so much and he makes stuff happen that i'm like he's He's just going to keep flying, flying. He's great.
2: And he's also, with TJ, you can, I can never tell, even as well as I know him, I, I can never tell when he's fucking with me or when he's being. I got a text from him once, like two years ago. He was like, I'm dating this Republican girl who loves guns. I'm like, why would you text me that for no reason? He sent me a picture of this girl holding this huge gun. And I'm like, is this a, is this a meme or a joke? Or are you, t- I don't know. I don't I would know how say, to respond. I would say
1: he's always joking. Always. And then if he, because I feel like that, that's like it. He lives his life like that. Like he's just wants to make, he loves making people laugh.
2: Yeah. You should come to our Meltdowns. Sp- we have a, I own a comedy theater.
1: Oh yeah. I'd love to at come. At
2: Meltdown. And it's all this, all the uh, Kumail. He leases it from the Queen. At least, from the queen. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. What that's like for a hundred years.
1: She's real tough. <laughs> the queen. <What>? She <laughs> demands Chokes. her rent.
2: Queen Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we the, there, there's a ton of great. And if you're if you live in the in the center of town, it's right. It's on Sunset between LeBre and Fairfax. It's like right at Meltdown Comics. Yeah, big comic I'm,
1: I'm so. like I'm just staying like south of that, like near I like I wouldn't third. say. Near a third, but okay. not not on third, but just near there. So you <laughs> might see me walking around there.
2: Um, Anyone who wants to drop by, it's uh, unit number four. Um, I love a potluck. Uh, bring me stuff. Yeah, I'd love to come. Yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of good... Is it
1: like every night? Do you, what, what are you like? We what, have, what, have every Seven there, yeah. nights
2: a week of shows. The Wednesday night stand-up show is really fun. Kumail, who's on Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. co-hosts it with the other guy who's usually on the podcast with us, Jonah. And it's... It's really good. It's just a it's just a good room, and it's it feels, you know, it feels like you're in someone's basement, so it feels a little dirty and fun. And yeah, that's it's, good. It's it's good. You know, it's a comic book shop with a comedy stage in it, so it's it's kind of weird and fun.
1: When I uh, when I when when I did this movie with TJ, we were in a uh, so we were at Sundance. It's Utah? Is that where Sundance mm-hmm. is? And he was like, I'm going to do a show tonight. Will you come? And there was. Maybe like three people there <laughs> and me and my friend, and it was the first time I'd actually ever seen his stand up as well, and he was so amazing, but the fact that he kind of hustles and still goes, even when he'll go to different places, even if there's like he's performing for two or three people, he still does it like full out
2: yeah you gotta you have to I kind
1: of love that yeah well, I know, love the life of a comedian
2: well a lot of you know a lot of um a lot of us started in rooms where you know for the first couple of years, you might. Even if there are people in the room, they're all comedians. They're other comedians, mm-hmm. and if they're not other comedians, and it's like three or four people, <laughs> then they're <laughs> lunatics. <laughs> in some cases, they are. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a show in L.A. for a long time at a laundromat, mm. and so you know, like you, you you'd, you'd perform next to people folding their laundry, and, and but it, but what's great about it is that if you can figure out how to thrive in those environments, then it kind of makes the rest of it like easy. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not so bad
1: yeah Um. who's your favorite comedian
2: of all time
1: well like who do you oh well, let's just say like currently
2: <clears throat> um I like Bill Burr there's a guy named Bill Burr
1: yeah I think I've heard of him
2: Bill Burr's great um uh David Tell's great Chappelle's great um there's a guy named Hannibal Buress who's really funny um Natasha Leggero, Maria Bamford, Kyle Kinane. No, she,
1: I went to TJ's thirtieth birthday. He had like a, the roast of TJ, TJ Miller, and she performed, and t- Natasha did, and she was great. She's she was very amazing. funny.
2: Yeah, she's she's really funny,
1: and she's kind of like tiny and uh-huh. like fiery, and you don't expect her to kind of come out with the things that she comes out with. Yeah. I enjoyed her.
2: Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of really great. It's a, it's a really good time for comedy right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great people who are um, um who are just starting to pop. Uh, And, you know, there was a there was a not to bore you about the history of comedy, but there was kind of a dead space for a long time because there was a big comedy boom in the 80s and the early 90s. And then after that, people got sick of it. (laughs) So there weren't like stand up specials on television anymore. Yeah, And And who doesn't
1: like to laugh? It's weird that comedy would ever go out like out of fashion.
2: Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think people most people think that comedy is is all one thing. But comedy is diverse in the way that music is diverse, and so I think what happens is people go, "I'm going to go out to see comedy," but you wouldn't say, "I'm just going to go see music," and then get mad if you're seeing a country band but you want hip hop. Yes. So I think because you know our culture has been so carefully divided into ni- into niche chunks, people like their people expect their very specific tastes to be met. And I feel like part of the problem of the sort of the splintering of our culture through, you know, the Internet and a million cable channels are that most people don't feel like they have to come together anymore to really watch one. You know, there aren't a lot of things that everyone watches anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people watch Walking Dead. They watch Game of Thrones. And there's a couple comedians. Everyone knows Louis C.K. and You know, but underneath that, there's, you know thousands and thousands of other things that are just uh,
1: do you find also it's sort of like music comedy in one way where things go in and out of fashion very quickly like austin powers was like huge and now it's like well now it's just you watch it and you're like how was this ever like as funny as i thought it was or whatever well, you know what i mean it goes yeah. in and out of fashion so quickly i feel like of- there's like five years like for a comedy like actor in movies and then it kind of it goes on to something else
2: i think it's because comedy is a Jokes are like magic tricks because you're basically, you know, you're surprising someone. You're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to reveal some sort of a shared truth that everyone had. And I'm just going to sound like a fucking asshole. But you're trying to reveal some sort of shared truth that everyone has or maybe didn't knew but didn't know that they knew. But you're also kind of surprising them or shocking them. And it's sort of like a magic trick. Once you see the magic trick, you can't watch the same magic trick mm-hmm. for five years. Once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. People can listen to songs over and over again, but they can't listen to the same jokes over and over again because they know where it's going.
1: But that's what's so crazy for a comedian as well is that you have to keep coming up with new material. Yes, it's like you might have like a great set, but once it's done, it's like we well, got to come up with another one. <laughs> you know, you can't just keep doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, but that's what keeps it fresh. You wouldn't yeah. want to do the same thing. I mean, but like, who
1: can keep thinking of funny things like that? You,
2: you just have to. You just or, or you don't or you have to stop. Yeah, you know, or you or you just stop.
1: It always impresses me. I just find it like I, I find it the hardest sort of art form that there is.
2: To me, I think acting is is hard because I nah, it, it's easy. No, but <laughs> just like taking someone else's words and then, but and then you're stuck to it and you can't you can't be elastic with it and you know
0: brain surgery is hard brain surgery
1: no that's that that's not really very hard either <laughs> like acting's much harder than make brain one surgery one
2: wrong move acting and stand-up are the hardest things to do <laughs> in the world period no but i but I, but i'm pediatric always pediatric surgery is probably pretty hard you know once you get the hang of it though it's
1: pretty... <laughs> honestly manual labor would be hard for me i feel yeah. like anything kind of like like a building a house or something i think it's all relative right
2: yeah, yeah. of course and the truth of the matter is easy though easy easy easy. one dude the truth of the matter is human beings are very adaptive and you and and if someone told you like you you have to figure out how to build this house or you will die you would figure it out
1: sure i mean it wouldn't be very good i wouldn't want to live in it no one said it had to be good
2: (laughs) or livable at all but it's just like the dog you know like before the dog you were like oh i couldn't have a dog and now you have a dog and it's uh, you're adapted to it it totally works yeah what type of movies do you like do you like horror or sci-fi or do you like drama
1: um i like i mean i'm a big coen brothers fan sure. i like comedies but like sort of based in a drama do you know what i mean like i think the coen brothers do that so well because i find myself laughing at stuff and it's sort of bizarre but you feel it's not like a comedy right but i also love those as well i do tend to watch a lot of comedies one of my favorite movies is death becomes her oh of course yeah Zemeckis. i love yeah it's such a great movie and meryl streep I, I mean, I love her in serious movies, but, like, in comedy, I think she's, like, one of the funniest women.
2: But see, that's one of those movies that I feel like it didn't – that movie – I think that movie holds up. Like, there's there's a handful of comedies that yeah. totally hold up.
1: And it's kind of amazing, like, the way the, – the, when the, her neck goes through in the hole in her stomach, it doesn't look ridiculous. Yeah. So you're like, how did they do that then? It was kind of ahead of its time.
2: Yeah, well, they were really they, – they, they did really – was that mostly practical effects or did they – they did some uh, – I think CG. there was some green screen there happening green there, screen but,
0: yeah a lot of practical effects.
2: Is that is that is that what you want to I mean do you want to do you, do, you, uh, do you audition for comedy stuff ever or are your agents like no you
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not so much like American comedy stuff cuz I'm not I'm I'm English and I feel like with uh, like sitcoms or things like that there's no way I could do it because I just I'm not American. Like I can do an American accent, but the rhythm of like the comedy timing, I think I would find difficult. I feel like with comedy I I be able to do it like an English accent or like what I find funny, but I can't do like the American sitcom thing. So yeah,
2: so, you know, so many of the so many British actors are coming here and taking jabs away from Americans.
1: Well, we, yeah, we've been told to by the Queen, so <laughs> we're trying to get America back, and we're starting with the entertainment they're just, industry. They're just like
0: getting us back for Bridget Jones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. How did she get that job? There was Kate Winslet. She's really English. I have
0: no idea how she got that
1: job. <laughs> she was great. She in was that great bit, at it. But yeah.
0: also, you just it kind of goes like, wow. Oh, I right. do.
1: I do feel like a lot of American act, accent uh, actors can do great British accents, but there's no opportunity for the, for them to do it because it's like, well, Who we hardly ever, make any movies and with we've the exception got of ton Peter Dinklage? Of British, yeah, yeah,
2: on, on Game of Thrones, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I hope it
0: comes out one day that uh, Ray Fiennes is from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That would be amazing. Biggest secret in Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, it was Ralph Fiennes. (laughs) Changed his name to Rafe. Uh, Well, because on you know, of course, pretty much everyone's British on *Walking Dead*. You know, Mm. like all the
1: Andrew Lincoln and uh, who else is on the show?
2: Oh, David Morrissey is on the show. He he was British, and Lauren Cohan is British, and she's on the show. And uh, but I think it's I think the leap from British to Southern accent is a little bit. It's
1: easier, apparently. A little bit different, yeah. Well, I got told it was easier because the, the southern accent is the only one that sings song in the same way that a British accent is. Like, it has more variation, and it has, like, a sing-song effect, like, in apparently an English accent does. Right. So it's easy. The intonation of what, how you're saying things is similar Right. To the southern one, the rhythm.
2: You want If you guys want to kill these walkers, we're going to have to get to get – I mean, like, it's very – it is very uh, – but then I feel like the standard American accent. Which is just sort of doesn't really have a regional affectation. I feel like that one's hard for people to do.
1: Yeah, there's definitely certain words that like will throw you off. Like, it, like process, and it's like process, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's ours too. If you watch the first season of House, and Hugh Laurie is a fucking amazing actor, but the first season, a lot of his R's go up at the end, and then it change, It like season two, he worked on it.
1: Well, it's the hardest well, when you know, you're he's doing it. not
2: working on it? Liam Neeson. He's no, just he's not at about all. His version. He's
1: always Irish. He's his... like, I'm always Irish, <laughs> even when I'm a CIA person who's trying to find my daughter. I'm still going to be Irish. I'm
2: just a simple man from Des Moines. <laughs> no, you're not at all. (laughs)
0: that's the thing too like Pierce Brosnan in the last James Bond movie he did he just fucking no attempt at an English accent he was just full Irish in that movie
2: oh yeah yeah Yeah. well that's why it's it's interesting it's it's, you know if you watch Tenant on Doctor Who but then you hear his actual accent is very Scottish yeah and it's it's almost it's almost off-putting to hear the disparity between that
1: yeah I know what you mean actually and I feel like there's a when you do an American accent on a TV show. You're working, you're doing like eight pages a day. You don't get to work on it. Like if you're doing a movie, you're like, well, this is everything I'm saying in the movie and I can go through it with a dialect coach and make sure it's like, I'm on it. But with TV, it's just not like that. So I feel like I don't know how anyone would stay in another accent and not mess up at all. You just got to rely on like the ADR so you can like correct things.
2: What is your standard? I want to hear your standard American accent now. So if we're we're just having like a regular conversation. So did you, um, have you been to the Grove
1: yet? Yeah, yeah. I've been to the Grove.
2: And what's your favorite uh, what do you what do you like to do with the Grove?
1: I really like J. Crew because we <laughs> so have that good. in England and it's so expensive <laughs> compared to here. Like it's cheaper here. It's like the only thing I think that's cheaper here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, gap's probably cheaper here too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. And the gap always have like seventy percent off. Yeah. Every time you go in there you're like, How is there another clearance? So
2: are you gonna get an Apple Watch? Have you been to the Apple store yet?
1: No. No, is that an Apple Watch? Yeah. What does it do?
2: It does a lot of really fun things. There's apps on it, and it's got a little animated, you know, like this little animated Mickey face on it. How
1: much do you use it, though? Because I would think that I would just use my phone. Because this is more finangly than just going <laughs>
2: like this. You think that, but it actually does. Tell me, I use, I use mine a lot. Do you go back my... to a regular watch. You
1: are? <laughs> Why'd you go back to the regular
2: watch? He hated it. I
0: just was like, today I was <laughs> like, I have these expensive watches that just sit because of this dumb thing that literally... All that Omega watch does is tell time just because James Bond had one. No, this is the NASA qualified... This is the first watch on the moon. <laughs> but it, all the Apple watch that does was is save me this. the first watch on the moon? Not literally, <laughs> but oh, it's the same kind. Okay,
1: I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> you really dressed up. <laughs> guys, I don't
0: know if you're aware of this,
2: but I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I've also purchased the moon. I was not aware of that. Uh, I'm 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 still delighted that you're that you're still in the. Oh, should I
1: should I should I come no, keep oh, doing no, it? No, keep oh, doing no. it.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it. Have you been to Santa Monica?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been to Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the beach? Uh, no, no, no. I I She's don't really English. go to the she beach. I, like but the I grew beach. up near the beach. Sure, like, really. Yeah, one of the nicest beaches in England, and so I don't. I just kind of like I live like 10 minutes from it in England. I just, don't like the sun. I do not like yeah, the sun. Yeah, but the
0: nicest beach in England is like the most delicious thing on the Pizza Hut menu.
1: <laughs> hey man. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to take off your fancy watch right now. <laughs> Janet, describe your
2: perfect Sunday.
1: <laughs> My perfect Sunday? Mm-hmm. What's your perfect Sunday? Uh Okay. Um, I'd probably sleep in until like midday. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go to the griddle and get some pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would go home and I'd like watch some TV. Uh, maybe see some friends. Like maybe have a little smoke. Chill out. <laughs> Relax. You know? Be in my pajamas all day. That would be my perfect Sunday. A good Sunday.
2: My favorite thing about your accent, which is great, by the way, is that there's an automatic character associated
1: that, and I can't help that because when I worked as a, I worked as a nanny and I used to do this thing where I I'd, because I I'd kind of get bored I think sometimes and she was a lot of fun the girl that I looked after she was like five and I would have this fake I'd have this uh, this Jasmine character and I'd be like so I'm not picking you up tomorrow but Jasmine my friend from America is coming but Jasmine was like evil she like wouldn't wouldn't help with homework she would like she'd make her eat all the broccoli she was like really strict but I would like do it for like the whole day I'd be like hi I'm Jasmine Janet's friend picking you up from school except for the other mom I would, wouldn't want to do it in front of them because so I'd be embarrassed. But with <laughs> kids, it's fine.
2: <laughs> well, they think I was cuckoo
1: otherwise. <laughs> That's
2: amazing. Were you ever worried, like, what if your personality, what if you get stuck in Jasmine and your personality splits?
1: Well, she'd always be like, I want Janet back now. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll call her, but you know, you said you wanted Jasmine a day. So then I'd, call, then I'd come back in the room and be like, hey, I'm back. Jasmine told me it didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out. I think I'm just illustrating that I'm completely nuts right now.
0: <laughs> Free spirit.
1: Yeah. No. yeah, free spirit. That's how I like to go. That's, how, that's what I like to say. No. no medication for a free spirit, right?
2: Completely nuts would be if you were talking in that voice and I was like, oh, that's a really great accent. And you were legitimately like, what accent? And then you were just frozen. In I was it. like
1: Daniel Day-Lewis. I was like becoming it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On set, everyone has to acknowledge you as a witch. As having made a sacred pact.
1: I mean, quite a lot on set. They do compare me to Daniel Day Lewis, which you know, <laughs> I'm like, fine, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty in it, guys. I get it, yeah, I get <laughs> it. I get the similarities. I mean, yeah. we're, we're both all right actors. M- what
2: if, what if Jasmine is real and Janet is the made-up character?
1: Well. I could, I could never have grown up in England. I could have just been making that up. And we don't really, know. From America, and this is like just to make me seem smarter because I can say really stupid things, but people think I'm much smarter because yeah, of the accent. Yeah. Thank Fine God Syndrome. for the accent. I've always got that.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you said like, if you, if, if you started describing creationism in a British accent, people would be like, it sounds authoritative. Sure.
1: What's creationism?
2: Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> See, it still sounds smart. In your accents. So you're like,
1: oh, she she must know. She, she, of smart.
2: course she knows. Yeah, exactly, Janet. What is creationism? Like, philosophically, what is uh, – I feel like – I mean, we've had –
1: we've kept you here for over an
2: hour. I don't want to ransack your whole day. What does
1: Gary say? Yeah, we, we
2: should wrap up soon. Gary, Gary wouldn't have said that if I hadn't brought it up.
1: <laughs> Gary's the boss of me.
2: Gar- <laughs> do you guys have a? Are you on a, a, any sort of press tour right now?
1: No, I mean, I, we've, I've finished shooting, so now I'm like available like, for things. And we're doing. What are we doing? Extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing extra. Extra. Act.
2: Do with all this Jasmine. Oh, you're
1: heading to the Universal City Walk? Is
2: it at City Walk or is it at the Grove? Citywalk. Which one's at the Grove?
0: Citywalk. Grove's gone. They don't do it there anymore. They moved to. Ooh, Citywalk. Citywalk. Oh, they did?
2: Yeah. They oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I had stopped going to the Grove for a while. Cause they're, cause they have th- these guys all oh, run, all run around yeah, at the yeah. Grove. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Do you get papped? Yeah. Oh. And, 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 and it's, and, and, and I'm, I'm an uncomfortable. I don't know how to.
1: Well, it's all right if you know you're going somewhere to get papped. Like if you're doing something for like to promote your show or something, but if you're just like shopping at the Grove. Well, if like, I just, if I'm just going to get,
2: off. if I'm just going to get like a, a USB cable or an HDMI cable at the yeah. Apple store, I don't, I, I yeah. don't
1: well, go to the You don't want side. to be like, Hey. Yeah.
2: Hey, I know, I don't. Them. I don't want to get a wardrobe stylist just so I can go buy a fucking yeah, uh, and then just, charging. Cable. Then they'll just out of nowhere go, Chris. What do you think about Caitlyn Jenner?
0: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then you go like, ah! <laughs> you just start screaming. Please, please don't. Curled up in the field yeah, position how, in front of they, Forever Twenty One. This is how 21. they get you.
2: This is how they get you. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it's very. Do they do do you, do they do that to you?
1: No. No, I. I mean, only when like I have. I'm at something for an event. I mean, in Shreveport, there's like a lot of people who like. Obviously, they know that we're the show that's shooting there, so I get like people come up to me and talk to me there. But not really. I don't think I'm easily recognizable. People often think that they know me, or that they've. Oh, I've gone into this shop before or whatever. They're like, "Have you been in here before? You've been in here. You were in here yes. I'm like, "No." They don't know where they know me from. Do you know what
2: that's a? Pre- that's a precursor to everyone knowing who you are.
1: But I love this part. I don't want to get to the next part. I couldn't think of any... I do sometimes feel like people are looking at me a lot, but sometimes that just feeds my ego. I'm like, I guess I look good today.
2: Also, (laughs) you know, you were on billboards all over the city too.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I heard about it, but I didn't really... I saw like maybe... I came for some press, and I saw like one well, or two of them. Just because you
0: didn't see them doesn't mean they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: But you don't, you don't look. I didn't look at it and think, "There I am." I was like, "They did a good job making me look really Nothing. good on that billboard." <laughs> no one's gonna recognize me.
2: <laughs> but Salem is a really fun show, and I think I, I've been telling people to watch it for a while now. And and uh, I get blots of time to because I I have to batch watch everything. Um, but you know, the part of the thing that's really annoying is that. Because I I travel I go I travel out of town every weekend to go do stand up and and you would think well I'm on planes and hotel rooms I could watch stuff there but internet service is so bad on planes and in hotel rooms that I can't. You and can't by the way, I'm not. I'm hotel not, rooms, it's not bad. I've been I've been having a I've been having a run of really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I had to call. Well, this is boring. I had to call tech support at a hotel I was staying at, and the guy was like, "Are there three thousand people staying in your hotel?" And I said, "I don't know, but probably not." And ba- basically the 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 internet was being uh, sandbagged by the fact that it still the the server thought it still had three thousand open connections, and so it just I've been getting a lot of that lately. And so things will start to load, and then I'll just go back and try to watch them later. But then it's the it's reset, so then I have to start over. Yeah. You know, especially if I'm streaming stuff. So. But
1: sometimes in hotels, there's like a free internet service, and then there's like a premium yeah, you one. You're it. like, who wants to pay for it? that? Annoys me though, but you have to because otherwise you can't even like check your emails. You're like, this free one is. Yeah, and they
2: tell you, they tell you in the, you can get the regular one, which is good for checking emails. Yeah. and looking at text based things and the other one's like everything that you want to do it's like here you can watch video and stream but
1: music $25 a day you're like this seems a little steep to me make new
2: friends yeah I know I know and it really because it does not cost that, it does not cost no. that much to connect to the internet not at all it's, no it's such a fucking
1: scam the other thing that's a scam is like the valet parking when you stay in a hotel when you've like pay for your hotel room and you're paying like a fortune and then like yeah it's $30, $30 to park car a night, and there's nowhere else you can park your car and you got to tip the fuckers as yeah. well <laughs> oh, and yeah like, (laughs) not really a british
2: thing they uh i found i will tell you not the
1: fuckers but you know what i'm saying (laughs) no those fuckers um those hard-working ballet fuckers (laughs) those pieces of shit with dreams two dollars to when they bring my car
2: but they uh um uh I, i can tell you from experience that the shittier the hotel the Actually, the better and cheaper the internet service is, because they have to try harder.
1: Ah, that's good, right?
2: You know, like a really nice hotel is like dating a really attractive person, where they don't really feel like they have to put in as much effort because they're hot and they already win. Yeah, and so you are gonna. And they have free champagne at sundown. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but but in general, like that's where you'll see more add-ons at the nicer hotels. Because they know their clientele can afford it and also uh, because it's 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 exclusionary. So uh, so, you know, if you want good free Internet, you could stay at a Hampton Inn or like a Holiday Inn Express. Um, you know,
1: where does free breakfast. That's a nice hotel. And I'm a big fan of that. You can just go and have breakfast. is the London Hotel and you can call London for free.
2: Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't know you could like do that. That's part of
1: their like, thing. You can call oh, any Gordon London Ramsay number. the restaurant's
0: free. gone now in there, so I have no reason to go. In LA? Yeah. The London. Why'd they get rid of it? Yeah, the, his, the restaurant lease came up, and then the London was like, uh eh. What did
2: they put well, in he, there?
0: I think they are running the restaurant now. Whatever that, Whatever that space is, is.
2: Going to still be a restaurant, but it's going to be. I've stayed hotel. in this one, and I've stayed in New York, New York one a lot. I like the one. Yeah, hotel the one in, in
1: mid, in mid. Is it like Midtown? The yeah. one in New York. Yeah, like 30, I think I stayed there for an upfront or something.
0: Fifth or something, thirty fifth or twenty sixth. I feel like it's like between where the guitars are.
2: I just
1: yeah just kind of like, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was <to> like negotiate <laughs> the city. Oh yeah, like
0: music right
2: <laughs> I just realized I don't know why this is going back to a much earlier thing, and then I'll let you get out of here. I just realized that I think part of the reason why I haven't had a good cry this year is because I've been specifically avoiding watching really dramatic things that are upsetting.
1: Oh, maybe you should change that. <laughs> Have a cry tonight and take a selfie and post it. <laughs> what am I Watch 12 Years a Slave tonight and, just... and tell me you didn't cry. All right.
2: Hey, Shannon, it's Chris. I'm having a hard time over here. It's <laughs> kind of hash a rub. Check. Yeah, really long. I'll put it on Instagram. Beautiful. Are you? Where can people find you on the uh, on on Twitter and in, are you? Are you in Instagram.
1: Uh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I guess you just type in my name, right? I don't, I'm not very tech savvy. And um, I just well, what's your you what's your what's your Twitter oh, handle? It's, oh, it's such a my Twitter handle is at j a y r m o n t y j r monty. Okay. Because um, I couldn't get my I mean, name. I know Somewhere I'm following you, so it. I know. I know. I... And then my Instagram is so random. It's like, because I didn't know that like what I typed in as my username was going to be like my handle. It's, it's at Fanix17. F 17 fannex F-A-N-N-E-X-1-7. It was the printer like cartridge thing that was next to me when I came up with it. <laughs> and I used it. And now people like are like, what is it? Like, is it just your with... name? And I'm like, oh, it's fanix 17 and they're, and they're like, why? I'm like. Long story, not really. Because it
2: almost <laughs> sounds like Fanny, which is which means something different than it does here. Well,
1: here it means bum, but, yeah, and it means vagina. It in means England. vagina I, in England and va- Australia. You can say vagina.
2: You could say pussy if you wanted to. Like you could say whatever you want. There's vagina- a, cunt. You could say cunt too. Mm-hmm. You can drop okay. the c bomb. <laughs> sounds so much better with your accent. Okay, okay. Just before you leave, drop the c bomb as Janet and then as Jasmine. And it's I, I promise you, and okay. anyone listening, it will be infinitely more jarring as Jasmine.
1: Okay, Janet thinks you're a cunt. <laughs> Jasmine thinks you're a cunt.
2: is <laughs> so jarring with an American accent. So I'm so jealous of British people. That is that you-
1: because you think you like have like you don't pronounce your T's in the same way? So cunt. When I say cunt, I like do a like a, a T. Whereas when you say cunt, do you like kind of shut it off?
2: You shut it off, and I think I think what you're hearing is that um, you know English being descended from a Germanic. You know, we're part of the Germanic language tree, and then also the American accent was you know the, the 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 people that fled england went to to they they they're we're like dutch basically mm-hmm. we're we're a lot of dutch and i think so we have more of a hard like our language sounds a little harder on the edges and so i think that's probably why when you say cunt like it just it just sounds like kant you know like it just it just sounds so it just Sound so, like
1: hitler then cunt! <laughs> <laughs> why do people
0: keep saying that to me no i'm kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I
0: think mostly it's your recent thoughts on
2: the Jews, Chris. No, that is not I didn't say anything. <laughs> That's why people keep saying no, you Matt, sound You're just making that up. No, no. I did I did just go to Austria and I did try to speak I did try to speak German so that I wasn't just like a, another American expecting everyone to bend to my customs. And and I did do They not
1: speak Austrian there? They speak German. Oh, do they?
2: They're German. Yeah, Austrian Austrian is a it's 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 a German speaking. I've never
1: been, but That's I didn't a, know they spoke German it's there. Amazing. I've heard it's beautiful. I'd love to go. It's
2: a, you it's the most stunning. Oh my god. It was it was incredible. But to me, you know, even in German uh, the one phrase that I would say over and over again, I would say "Es tut mir leid, uh, ich Deutsch," which means like I don't speak German. But everything in German sounds like you should be pounding your fist and going, "Why did you leave the milk on the counter?" Like it, yeah. it's so, it's like German is like scolding, no, you and you feel like everyone's telling
1: you off. Like you call up for more towels in a hotel room in like Berlin, and you're like, "All oh, right," like they're like nine, nine. <laughs> okay,
2: jeez. No, I don't need nine towels.
0: Just one. <laughs> Come on, dude.
2: That's why the Daleks talk like this. Because they were, they were they were offshoots of yeah. the of Ge- the of yeah, the, Germans. the Germans yeah. Everyone talks like this. Mm, Nazis.
1: Stephen Moffat, you must put Janet Montgomery D- on an episode of about Doctor about Who. I don't think we should start talking about Nazis. <laughs> no,
2: now. you should. You know, so, I, you know, someday. So you find
1: out that I love Nazis. I don't. <laughs> <What? kidding. laughs> <laughs> it's my one weakness.
2: <laughs> I love kids and uh, puppies and Sundays. Nazis and Nazi memorabilia, uh, grape juice. Like and she's <laughs> like, "Whoa, what?" That's like there, There's an old kids in the hall sketch that's like. It's like career-ending moments, and and someone and one of the kids in the hall. It was a sketch troupe, sketch troupe, and he's an accepting an award. Oh, I'd like to thank you know my family and all my friends and my agent and Hitler and all the kids who oh like and it just like it <laughs> just like skates right over, it. but. Uh, It was wonderful to meet you in person and and thank you for uh, I know I started harassing you on Twitter to get you on the podcast months ago. So thank you for. Oh no,
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we worked out because months ago I was still like in Shreveport and I was like, oh, I don't think I get to go. But then. But it all worked out. It all worked out.
2: And I really, and I was a little nervous meeting you because I'm a big fan of your show. So it's, I I was a little like, I don't know, I was a little flustered.
1: Oh, that's so, I was nervous because I get nervous. I'm just going to say something stupid. Like, you know, I love Nazis or something (laughs) like that. No
2: one would say that. (laughs) I
1: mean, why would that come out of my mouth? never know. know. I get nervous.
2: Yeah. Who would say that? (laughs) (laughs) You could see a clip on TMZ. (laughs) That's where you got to be careful. You know, if you have a fucked up sense of humor. It's a dangerous business I the know. more famous you get because you could just say stuff and then people clip and you go, no, I do a contact. I'm not.
1: But the other option is you lose your personality and your humor because you're so frightened to say anything. And then you just come across like an idiot. Right. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to accept that I'm part of my like charm and, uh, and humor comes from being slightly offensive sometimes. So. Which,
2: by the way, again, because you have the British accent, uh, makes it way more palatable. So you're gonna be fine. It's good to know. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just, keep
1: hold of this one then. So no, Janet- more <laughs> no more Jasmine.
2: <laughs> Janet Montgomery. The how many people have brought up the connection between your last name and the other.
1: Elizabeth uh, Montgomery. Right. Too many.
2: Well I wasn't going to. Good. If that's what you were worried about. <laughs>
1: I mean she's kind of like the most famous TV witch ever as well.
2: Yeah, but it was it was a different time.
1: And I can't do that thing that she did with her nose. How the did she do I that? I don't know. So how, who can tons isolate their nose? Tons of coke. Do you think that was part of the audition process as well? <laughs> they were like, can you move your nose no, without moving was, any other parts of your face? You
2: know, I just like to imagine that uh, she and uh, the whole, they were just doing tons of coke, tons of line, yeah. and they—they they, like she was trying to get it <laughs> off the tip of, of her same. nose, we're like, do that, do that. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be really funny if you took all the witchcraft out of Bewitch and just made it seem like she was a coke head that this guy <laughs> was living with. She's like, I'll just pop over to uh, another state. And then she wiggles her nose, but then nothing happens and everyone's got to pretend like, okay. I'm
1: sure you could do, I'm sure there's some kind of technology where you could take an episode of uh, Bewitched uh, and make it like that. You could have her doing cocaine and use like the images and get her to do other manipulate it to do other things. Yeah, that is, basically cool. the
2: whole series is about this advertising executive who has to manage his wife with a severe personality disorder. Yes.
1: That would be amazing.
2: Yeah and that they've the whole the whole it's it's like the whole story is told from in her mind what she thinks is happening but if you were actually to see the reality of what was happening there was no like her her mother actually was dead and that's why you always see her hovering in the back of the room like in her head she's always you've got
1: to make this happen yeah do it i I can now yeah yeah i can yeah i can can, can do that
2: now yeah i'll do that but uh such a such a pleasure to talk to you so thank you so much thanks so much yes of course enjoy your burrito everyone
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on Autotrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Autotrader. Just you wait. Autotrader.